All right, everybody, I am back for another episode of Demand Excellence. And today I have Coach Tom Causey on the line. And Coach Causey, he, he was in Alabama forever. He, now he is in Georgia, was at Ola High School, and now he is at Miller County. And I met him a few weeks ago, very godly man. And as everybody knows, I try to have as much as possible godly Christian coaches who have been successful. And Coach has definitely been successful, won a state championship back in 2009 in Alabama at Demopolis High School, won a whole bunch of games at Pelham. He can correct me on that one uh, if I said that wrong. But Coach, tell us a little bit about you. You know, where'd you go to college? Where'd you start out in high school? And then kind of your journey there in Alabama. Yes, sir. So. I played at uh, Livingston University back when I was there. I was in the Gus South Conference, played 1988 to 1991, and I was blessed enough to get on the staff there as a student assistant for a couple of years, and then GA there for two years, and then was the offensive line coach there from 94 through the 98 season, and then got engaged to beautiful wife, Tammy, who was – Really a godsend at the time. You don't go from Minot, North Dakota, to Bismarck, North Dakota, to Boise, Idaho, to Livingston, Alabama, without God's plan being on it. And we, we got engaged, and we got into high school coaching. Spent one season as the office coordinator at Daleville High School down in southeast Alabama. And we were there for a year, and then I took the head job at Dallas County High School, which is around Selma, Alabama. Was there for three years. We were very blessed to have a bunch of really good players there and a school that had not been very successful. And we were blessed to win 10 games in our third year there and left and went to Andalusia High School, which had been unbelievably successful in the 70s. But we were there in the 2000s and they hadn't been past the second round since 76. And we got there in 2003. And in 2006, we went to the semifinals there, got beat. And left there, went to Demopolis, Alabama, and they had been unbelievably successful in 4A football there for years. Doug Goodwin, a good friend of mine, had won a state championship there in 2004, and they'd gone back to 5A and had not found the success there in 5A that they had in 4A. And he, he took a really good job up in North Alabama, and they called me about that job, and we took it. And lo and behold, three years later, we beat Doug in the state championship game in Bryant-Denny Stadium, was there till 2000 through the 14th season, and then went to uh, Pelham, Alabama, in the Birmingham metro area. And it's a really a unique situation, man. The school has split. They, the school, Pelham had gone from being a county school to a city school, and so they lost half their student body to it was going back to the, another county school they had just built. And we were we got there six day football. We had 24 players, and. Oh <laughs> we struggled for the first two years there to build that program up, and we became a playoff team there. And 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 I got thirty years in, and my wife was at twenty five, and good buddy of mine's brother had coached at Olin. They had a head coaching opening, and uh, we came over and ha- had we had two two years of playoffs there, and and Miller County job kind of popped open and a buddy of mine called me about it. And, and I think it's an unbelievable opportunity and really felt felt like it was somewhere I was supposed to be. And so we packed it up. My wife's still in McDonough and I'm down here in the Colquitt, Georgia. So 
that's kind of my career and where how we got here and when been a lot of success and the success because of a lot of really good coaches and really good players. So you coach, you know, as well as I do how important that is. Absolutely. Well, I got, I got a lot of questions for you after hearing about all, you know, your path, but one thing that was really interesting to me as you were talking it was never that you were going to be the head coach. You kept saying we. Talk yeah. about that a little bit. Well, and and I think it it, it is we, and it's, and it's really is. I think every move has been a God God led move move. So that's that's part of the we. But my wife and and, and the coaches that have that have been there with us, and this this may offend some people, but I, I can't stand it when I hear people talk about. My team, or I, I won. This is the greatest team game on the planet, man. And there's no way one of us is going to accomplish anything solo. And uh, you know, you we were talking about the faith base, but we we don't do it without him. And and so there's even if you're single and you you travel to every school by yourself and you just find coaches there, you're not doing it by yourself. It's always a we. And I think we've gotten so far away from that that. I was listening to a basketball game last night. I was actually watching a state championship basketball game in Alabama and, and uh, on TV, and I heard I heard the coach say my team, and it, I cringed, man. And and it's uh, it's not your team; it's our team. It's, and 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 I think I think the kids need to hear us say that, and people need to hear us say that. Yeah, when you think about being a Christian football coach, you know, like. The Lord is is constantly, you know, one of my favorite verses is Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me in the life I now live. I live by faith in the Son of God. Like I, and then, you know, John the Baptist, he said, I must decrease, Christ must increase. Like that's a big thing. And to me, it's always really kind of telling to whether somebody is a believer or not based upon them using the word I too much. Exactly. Um, and so because it is, it is we. And in in all honesty, honestly, in all honesty, which you have alluded to, it's it's really the Lord working in your life and and taking you from place to place. So that's that's very that's very cool that that I caught that you saying we and you said we it's it's also sure. convicting. You know, I'm sitting here analyzing myself like, oh my gosh. but which is cool though iron sharpens iron um that that verse iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another we put that between the screws on our helmets proverbs 27 17 that stays between the screws on our helmets we don't have our school logo that's there and i and i think and we played a state championship game and our quarterback had it under his eye on his eye black and one of the reporters the day but the next day called me and asked me what it said i said no 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 he asked me what what was on there and i said proverbs 27 17 and he said well what what does that say i said look it up man you need to read the bible and so i guess the reporter ended up looking it up because i wouldn't tell him i wanted to go look in his bible to find it <laughs> well you know that that's 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 very cool and it's cool how you know that bible verse who knows that guy might be reading his bible now and yeah, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. So, coach, go back to when you first got started. You know, you said uh, your first job as a head coach, I think you said, was in Dallas City High School. Yeah. Um, so, 
you know, as you got started, who, what did you learn? What didn't you know? Talk about that. Uh, it, there's a lot I didn't know. If I if I coached today the way I coached then, them folks loved me there. They fired me today. But it's, I, I really think the X's and O's we know then. We all know that. I think that managing people, managing a budget, knowing that you got to go how to figure out to fix a real more. I come from college football, man, and we never cut grass. Somebody cut that for us and didn't know what. It, when they told me I needed a PO for something, I didn't have a clue what a PO was. <laughs> and so, the the managing a staff was the biggest thing as far as on the field stuff goes because I had studied the X's and O's inside and out, and I'd been blessed to work for a guy named Bobby Johns who who had played for Coach Bryan in the '60s at Alabama, and I'd coached for him at West Al. And he had taught me so much about how to deal with players and how every player is not the same. You treat them all fairly, but you don't treat them all the same. And and I think that's I think that was the greatest thing that I carried in there because you got to be fair with them, but they're not all the same. And I think you treat each one of them differently. And but the the the, the off the field stuff with the the taking care of facilities, cleaning the toilets taking care of POs, making sure you raised enough money. Those things kind of hit me right between the eyes and I had because I had never done that before. And even when I was an assistant coach for that one year at, at Daleville, we didn't – I mean, I didn't realize what all went into that. And I think today it's more like running a business than it is coaching football sometimes, but you have to, you have to run it that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was talking with somebody the other day and we were just talking about, you know, the NIL and what college coaches are having to deal with. And I mean, and I want to get your take on this. You know, what I said is, is like we've been dealing with that ever since I began coaching, you know, 18 years ago. Kids can go anywhere. They can transfer anywhere. Yeah. And so like. I tell people all the time, like, I don't go to a lot of coaching clinics during the week and I don't leave school during the week. I'm here every day because my relationship with the player is the only thing that's keeping them here. A lot of times, especially as as they become a better player, they can go anywhere. I'm in Gwinnett, right? You can think about that. I mean, you can. Mill Creek is three miles from me. Buford High School is six miles from me. So. You know, they can go anywhere, but like the only thing that's going to keep them with me is, is that relationship that I have with them. So I, I believe like successful coaches these days have really got to have great relationships. And I, I think that is at the college level as well. 100% coach. I, I really think, I think, you know, when, when I took this job in any job, and and I think at some point in your in, in the the game changed, right? And it's like you were talking about the NIL. We've always dealt with that, but but it's become the recruiting and the tra- transferring schools, and that that's really become in vogue in the last in the last fifteen or twenty years. And I think always, I think you're dead on with the successful coaches. The most important thing for me in transitioning here was getting down here, getting my hands on these kids, and start back in relationships with them now. And I think even simple things like this, knowing their dadgum name after being here two or three days, when you see them, call them by name, they they know that you know who they are. When you start, I think that's huge. And and you know, it's kind of a corny little saying, but they don't they don't they don't know care how much you know until they know how much you care. And sometimes that means I got to put a foot in their behind, but they need to know that I care about them. I'm willing to fight for them. 
And, and this is the thing, Coach, I think is huge. And you, you talk about relationships. You got to tell them you love them. But you can't do that until you do, man. It, it, yeah. they, kids are like dogs. They, they can sense the smell when you're full of crap. And, and so, you know, I hadn't told a kid here yet I love him. I've been here a month. And, and you know, I think once you get to know them, once you, you do get to love them, you got to tell them every day, man. You don't you don't let them walk out of here without telling them that. And we pray with them every day now. I pray with them after every workout, every every time we're together, this morning after more, uh, Matt drills. As soon as Matt drills over, we stretch, we pull them up, we give them any reminders, and we're going to pray over them, man. We're going to do that before they leave us every time. And and I think that they that's part of building that relationship. And don't try to fool them. Do not try to make it fake. They got to know you love them, and and they know they'll know when it's fake, man. They, they they're not they're not ignorant. You can think they are, but they're not. They they know when you truly care. <laughs> that's that's so true. You know, coach. I so I'm coaching eleven U. My boys is eleven, so I'm I'm doing eleven U travel baseball, and and so I selected the team, and it's an it's a it's an assortment of different kids, and I don't know them all. I know about three, and then there's there's about eight others that I didn't know and I didn't have a relationship with. And so it took, so last night we've had, I've had, I've been working with these, these kids for 45 days, about a month and a half, had our first tournament last weekend. Last night was the first time I set them down and kind of did a devotion with them and, and talked about Jesus with them and prayed with them. But the reason why that was is, is because I didn't want to present Christ to them until they knew that I loved them as their coach. So, you know, and of course I'm not a high school with them. So it just, it took me longer to, to kind of feel comfortable with them. Sure. But I like what you said, cause that's, that's what you said, you know, well, coach, you know, you, you would, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out if it was Dallas city high school or, or a different high school, but you took a team and you, and you went, to, to the semifinals with them. Talk about, you know, that progression to where you built that team to where they could go to the semifinals early in your career. Well, I, I think I think it takes time. I mean, I know it takes time. I think it's really – I learned this from Coach Bowden. I was blessed to work for a guy named Todd Stroud. He's now at Miami, but he had played for Coach Bowden at, at Florida State. And he talked – when we would go down and visit with them every spring, Coach Bowden talked about, Really relates more to the college program, but I've seen it. I've seen it in the high school as well. Where year one, if they're bad, and, and we were bad, year one, and usually up there, I'm, I'm I've been blessed, cursed, how you want to, to be going into programs that weren't very good. And coach, coach Lou Holt said that too. You take one that's been really, really good or really, really bad. Don't take one in five hundred teams. But anyway, so we get we get there, and we're two and eight. So you, I think, if you lose big early the first year. It's a lose close the second year. You win close that third year, and then that fourth year you're winning big. And and it is truly kind of my career has kind of done that that way, you know. And I think because you do, you are building relationships. There's kids are going to come and go in that first year that because you're, you're going to have to establish discipline. You're going to have to you're going to have to set the ground rules, what their standards and expectations are. And there's going to be kids on that team that are really good players, that really good athletes who aren't going to rise to the standards or expectations you set, and you got to get rid of them. And so you're going to be playing with some lesser kids because they're, those kids, those, those studs have been let do what they've been let do for however long they've been playing. And so 
you play those first couple of years and you're playing with some guys who probably wouldn't be playing if you just turned them loose and let them do what they want to do. And then eventually those those younger kids that are in your program, they see that this is what the standards and expectations are. If I'm going to play, I've got to raise up to these standards and expectations. And and so they they do. And then next thing you know, now we're winning close games. We got young players who are doing the things we want them to do, and they're better athletes. Now we're winning, and now we got them as juniors and seniors. And man, they're they're doing the things we ask them to do on and off the field. They're serving their community. They're serving each other. They're true teammates. And now we're rolling, man. So I think it's a it's a process that you got to go through. And I hate to use that word because since Coach Saban started using it, everybody uses it, but. You have to be you have to be consistent with how you're doing things. You have standards and expectations, and you set those things from the jump and do not flex on them. And I, it goes back to what we talked about. You treat them all fair, but they're not all the same. But your standards and expectations for those kids are. And so that should never change. And I, so that's why I think it takes for you to start going playing for championships, then getting the quarterfinals, semifinals, and winning it. You got to go through that, man. Or if not, you're just waiting on a great run of athletes who just happen to be good kids come through there. Right. Yeah, for sure. So, okay, so you go you go from that team, and then you go to De- Demopolis. Correct. Um, was it was it the same time frame? I mean, you won state three, there. I mean, three years being there. Yeah. Yeah, it was three years there. We took over a program that was a little a little bit ahead of where we went to Andalusia in Dallas County. They was just Coach Goodwin had done a really good job there, and and they had been really successful. And so it, then it's just a matter of getting your system in. Our system and Coach Goodwin's system were so much different. It was just a matter of transitioning that. And we went in and had immediate success, not state championship success, but we were we were 9-2. and two. We were in the third quarterfinals our second year there and then, and then win it in the second, third round throughout the time we were there. But they had already been successful there, and that program was a lot more established. And then you get to, to you talking about going on down the road, go to Pelham, and Lord knows we were one and nine, two and eight, and then I think we were five and six the next year, and then seven and four, and start, so it started going. It took a little longer at Pelham because of the situation we were in with the schools getting split, and it was that was a tough that was a tough job, man, because it was. Like I said, you walk in there and you're expecting to see some players and there's 28, 24, 28 players in there and you're having to build it from the – we played so many ninth graders that year, Coach. It was unbelievable. We had concussions not from contact but from their dang heads whiplashing because their necks were too weak to hold their head up. There were a bunch, bunch of ninth graders playing for us. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the process is about the same anywhere and it really depends on if it's two, three years or four years. It's depending on where you're going and what the success of that school has been before you got there. I think here will be that way. I, they've been pretty, pretty six and five ish. Years past had really good success, but right, right now is they were. I think they were five and four to six last year, four six last year. So it, it's probably going to be that two, three, four years right here to get it going. So, coach, you're at you're at Demopolis and you win a state championship. Why did you choose to go from Demopolis to to Pel- Pelham, where there was only twenty four players? Well, all right, so then you talk about a God thing. This is truly a God thing, okay? All right, so we we had been offered the job, and me, the ego in me, did not want to leave. I wanted to be there. I knew we were, we had gone through what we called a downtime and getting the second, third round. We were, our players were about to come back up. We are about to make some more runs, right? Yeah. And Pelham had offered me the job, and my wife and I, we had our banquet on Tuesday night, 
our football banquet on Tuesday night. I had to let Pelham know on Wednesday. My wife and I stayed up all night praying, literally all night. We had coaches' Bible study at 6 a.m. the next morning. I just I showered, went on to the Bible study. During the entire Bible study, that's what we prayed about. We talked about it in there. And I felt like God was leading me to go, but I didn't want to go. Huh. I I wanted to win, man. And I knew what we were what we were about to step off into. And I didn't want to go. And so the meeting was over. Our our Bible study was over. I was blessed to not co- not teach anything there. And and so I'm in my office and she comes over. She's a she was a teacher. She's a teacher as well. So she comes over and we're we're meeting on it. And I said, Tammy, I just feel like I need a sign. And and listen, this is an ego thing, right? So I don't want to go. So I'm God's not going to give me a sign on whether I need to go to Pelham or not. That's what my knucklehead's thinking. And mm-hmm. no sooner than I said that, the phone rings, and it's a, a Christian coach who has been a mentor to me. He's now the assistant head coach at Faulkner University, a Christian university in, in Montgomery. Uh, he was the head coach at Trinity Presbyterian in Montgomery, a guy named Randy Ragsdale, unbelievable football coach. And he calls me and he says, Tom, I don't know why I'm supposed to call you, but I'm calling you to tell you sometimes God wants us to go out on a limb. Wow. This is a, this is a true story, man. And I say, Rags, I love you. I'll call you back later. I got to go. And I hung up the phone and my wife is sitting on the other side of my desk. And I said, we're going to Pelham. And she starts crawfishing. She says, hold on a minute now. Hold on a minute. What what make you do that? I said, I just got my sign. And I walked straight, me and her walked straight to the principal's office across the campus, walked in. He said, what are y'all doing in here? And before I could get that out of my mouth, he said, oh, no. I said, yes, sir, we're going to take the job to Pelham. And, wow. and we loaded up and went to Pelham. And that's that's the truth, man. And uh, that that and it was tough. And, and it was tough on my ego. For a year, I pouted at Pelham. I, I'm not even going to lie to you. I, I, <laughs> I, I pouted about it. We're getting crushed. And, and, and it's just trying to win a game, be competitive. And. And I'm thinking, Lord, why would you do this to me? And of course, it was that—that's the earthly me, right? Lord, why would you do this to me? Why would you do this to me? When the relationships, when you talked about that earlier, the relationships that were developed there were unbelievable, man. And and the lives that were impacted, including mine, probably more than theirs, impacted by those kids that were at that program and the people and the parents that were in that community. It it was phenomenal, and. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I know a buddy of mine said, you know, if you stayed at the Mops, you'd have 250, 300 wins by now. I said, well, you're right. But I wouldn't know any one of those kids. I wouldn't have them in my life, and I wouldn't be in their life. And I really don't know how many wins I got now. I don't care. But it, 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 it's, uh, it, it was a great thing, and I'm glad, I'm glad we listened and went. I hate I had to push God to have, me, <laughs> have Randy call me to go do it. But it was, uh, it was thanks sure worth it. Well, I think that's, you know, I was just, you're sitting there telling the story and I'm thinking about Moses and the burning bush and he still didn't want to go even. <laughs> and, and how many times do you think he was, you know, in fact, he got in trouble for getting aggravated with God for putting, putting him where he put him. And, uh, <laughs> it's a good story. So, so, you know, before we get into, you know, Ola and Miller County, my question is, is, you know, what, what is your identity as a coach from an offensive standpoint and a defensive standpoint? And how have you changed since you first got into coaching? Well, I, I think how, how we, how, how I coach the players, uh, that's definitely changed because of, because of, I'm not nearly, uh, kids come watch our practices that play for me 15, 20, 
25 years ago, and they're amazed at how how our practices have changed. Uh, we used to be so physical, man. Monday through Wednesday, we'd be full pass, smoking each other. And I don't know if kids today can handle that the, the way they used to. And I think I've done a better job of trying to be efficient with practice and being efficient with our coaches and time that they're out there and the time that we have our kids out there. We're, we're going to be efficient with it because I think the attention span of the kids today is, is as a kid, even when I was a kid, my attention span wasn't great. But the ones that we have today are even worse than we were, and so I think you have to you have to be you have to be intentful of how you coach that every day. Be, you got to you got to have a plan and have it mapped out. Bobby John's guy I work for, he told me he said you show me a coach practice three three and a half hours, and I'll show you one that ain't organized. He said you go out there an hour forty five minute two hour practice, and I'll show you one that's organized. And the guys that are winning, and and so I I think that's probably been the greatest change. It, and, and how, and obviously in my faith and how I've grown in my faith, the relationship portion of it. When I first got into high school coaching, I'm just going to be as completely honest with you here. I would do devotionals and Bible studies with our kids just because I felt like that's what the community was expecting of us. Yeah. And I would do that to make sure that I was checking the boxes. And I guess I was in Andalusia my first year there and God put it on my heart, man, this ain't fake, man. You better do this for real. And I went to a, I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's an organization out of Texas called CoachesOutreach.org. And, and a guy named Tommy Maxwell had played at Texas A&M for Coach Dollins and played at Baltimore Coast for Don Shula. And he started a Bible study group with coaches in Dallas. And it's, it's nationwide now, and we do it with our coaches. That's the Bible study we do. And they'll set it up for you, send free books, and get you a lay leader in your community. Anyway. So I go to their their coaches and spouses weekend, and Tommy stands up on the stage and he says, "You're gonna have a hundred thousand kids cross your path in your career. How many of them are you prepared to send to hell?" Wow! And it kind of it hammered me. Right? This he said, "You have you." He said, "Coaches are the greatest youth pastors in our country," and so that kind of convicted me then that what I'm doing is not a check the box thing, man. So that probably changed. That that was the thing off the field that changed me the most. Is I'm I'm not here to check the boxes. God's put us here for a particular purpose, and this is our calling. And then we better take it serious, man. It's 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 not a joke. So, yeah, for sure, hundred percent. You know, one of the greats in Georgia is is Jeff Heron, and you know he just took Camden County. You know, he's at Camden County forever, won some three or four championships there. Then, then he kind of went to different schools for a while and even went to college. And, he, and then he went back to Camden County. And so, and he retired this year, but he took that team to the semifinals in the 7A state playoffs in Georgia, which is, which is hard, which is a great feat. So, yes, sir. but the, the interesting thing about Jeff Heron is, Coach Heron, he never stopped running the wing tee. And I, I went over to watch him versus Mill Creek this year. And man, he ran that wing tee like a machine. They did. Yep. Um, so my question is, you know, ha- have you? Do you still run the wing tee? I mean, what offense do you no, run? Okay, yeah, I think. Yeah, I didn't even answer that question. Did it? No. So we we're 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 a spread option offense. We started out years ago, twenty five years ago. We were under center double wing. We'd gone when I, in the mid nineties. We traveled down to Georgia Southern and met with Paul Johnson and. So we were inside veer, midline, double wing, under under center, and 
we did that my first three years at, at, at Dallas County, and we were successful with it. And we got to Andalusia, and we were basically playing in the SEC West of 4A football in the state of Alabama. And we didn't have the dues that everybody else had. And so we couldn't – we got in the gun. And it took us – it probably took us coaches probably three months in the offseason to figure out footwork for our quarterback in the gun with an offset back. And so we, we, we still – we've run it since 2000. Since my first year as a head coach, we run the inside, inside, outside veer. Now the formations changed; those things have changed how we present it to you, but we have not changed that at all. Now we've we've added some uh, the the RPO game. We started doing that in 2010 off a of trap out the gun, and then so that's kind of that's kind of added to our offense. But we don't do it off of the option stuff. We do it off our dead what we call dead red runs and. Of course, as an option guy, I don't believe you should ever try to block all of them. You need to be reading some of them, and it don't make sense to me to run the football and try to block everybody. But <laughs> so we'll 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 tag the reads that we run. If we run power, we run trap, or we run sweep, we can tag it where we can read somebody on that particular play too by tagging it. So we've done that, and of course, just like you or anybody else, we evolve our offense or our defense throughout the years when we get our tails whipped by somebody who's done something to us that's caused us problems, when people ask me and they come talk ball with us all the time, want to know how, what we're doing offensively, and they'll say, well, why do you have that tag? I say, because so-and-so whipped my tail twice with it, and we had to figure out a way to win, you know? So yep. uh, I think you evolved because you get your butt whipped by somebody who's kind of taking a step ahead of you and schemes you up a little bit. No, it's funny because I was talking to somebody the other day, and and they're like, talking about coaching clinics and this and that. And I said, yeah, probably. I mean, I don't, I don't do that as much as I probably did, but I said, because, you know, I learned so much. I, this is how I learn. I learn by playing good coaches. So if I were to play you, I'm going to sit there and study you and what yep. you do. I'm going to have three or four games of you. I'm going to study your defense, your offense. I'm going to know everything about you from watching your film and there's things I'm going to steal from you. Absolutely. And, uh, it's like, I was like, you know, like, man, the best learning for me is, is when I play a really good coach and I got to prepare for him all week. And, you better uh, believe it. and then if I really like him and like what he does, I said, I'm on purpose going to build a relationship with him before the game. And, <laughs> and then I'm going to go back and, you know, kind of ask him questions and things like that. And that's kind of how you evolve. Right. So, I'm always the type of person who I'm, I'm always late to the party. Like I need an RPO done to me effectively before I see, okay, I need to put that in my offense. <laughs> well, let me, let me tell you something that's good. Maybe some of you or somebody, somebody that is uh, getting, getting this program right now. Something we started, assistant coach that I had over in Demopolis and we were, I don't remember what year it was. But I had gone to speak at a clinic in in Mississippi, and we were driving back, and he said, Coach, we need to do a clinic at our place. I said, Matt, I don't want to do a clinic at our place and charge people. I'd just rather get some people together and let's talk some ball. Well, we started doing this thing where we get five or six different guys that we really trusted and, and believed in that we knew were good coaches, and we would get together once a year, like on a Friday at school. They, we'd rotate where we were going to go. We get barbecue brought in, and we talk ball all day long. And what you do, we tell everybody, bring something you want to you want to talk about. Bring something that you want help with. So as we get in the table, at the table and sit around, you put them all them topics in a hat. 
you draw that topic out. And let's say you got six coaches there, six different schools, maybe not just coaches, but schools. And you want to talk about kickoff coverage. You struggled with your kickoff coverage last year. You're going to get five other ideas from guys who've done it really successfully. And what we ask them to do is, hey, we're going to share this with each other. We're going to give us all the little steps and the little things that's going to get you butt whipped in it. And don't hold back, right? And then if you take my idea and you go run it next year, when we come back to meet again the, the following offseason, I want you to tell me what you did with it to make it better or where you thought we could be better with that concept or that that scheme, whatever it is. And that was some really good stuff, man. And 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 I and I think if you get with people that you know and they trust that you respect and and they are willing to share and you're open with each other, you know, that was the that's the thing, man. We got to share with each other. Now we're going Friday nights, we got to try to whip each other's tail. Right. But we got to share with each other. This, this job's way too tough not to be good to each other. And and when we're not, it makes for really bad relationships, man. So let's let's help each other out. My wife used to ask me all the time, why do you tell everybody what you do? I said, because somebody did to me. Somebody helped me. That's a hundred percent right. hundred percent. So let's let, let I'm going to talk about Miller County a little bit. So you also have schools around there that can pick some of your players. Like, so you're going in there. It's kind of, it's kind of tough to build. I think I, I remember times that Miller County has been really good. What's your plan to, to keep your players there and build that into, you know, a team that makes it to the, the third and the fourth and fifth round of the playoffs? Well, it, it goes back to what we talked about, right? Me getting here as quick as I can. I need to get to know the players. I need to get to know who they are. I need to know where they're from. One of the things I think is really important in any, in when you take over a program, if you can get somebody from that school on your staff that has been successful from that school, do it. Because that's going to get you tie-in and buy-in with the community. And now if, I, if I've got a player that's for any question, especially coming in here new, not knowing anybody, I got a player. There's any question that he's gonna that he could probably be get get, get recruited by somebody else to take away from me. I want to go sit down with that mother, that aunt, that grandmother, that daddy, whoever's that kid's living with. If I've got that coach on my staff, there's a really good chance he's gonna get me in that front door. And I think that's part of building relationships in the community as well. So you can't just go sit in the the field house all day long. You got to get out and go meet people and. Once you start doing that, then the next thing, like we talked about earlier, coaches, you, you you build that that again from process of winning. And when you start winning, then that takes care of itself. I think the relationship building and winning, those kids won't leave. And if they do leave, it's probably one you don't don't mind leaving. That's right. No, I've you know, man. So I, I do this podcast and I try to interview coaches that are successful and they win you know, A, so I can learn, and B, you know, for other people to learn. But, you know, I was talking to Coach Coe at Coffee County. He's only been there two years. And yep. the very first thing that he said was what you said. You know, you got to get out in the community. I think coaches, you, you think you're just going to sit up and draw on a board all day long. <laughs> but, you know, actually, that's that's probably 2% of the job. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, you're you're exactly right. Like my, my first day here, I just rode around town. I'm gonna go around the, the little square and I'm gonna meet people in the business they own. They think I'm coming in asking for money. 
I walk in, I just want to introduce myself and let them know that I'm the head football coach. If there's anything we can do for you from the from all over to high school, just let us know. So I, yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, so I'm I'm Miller County. So for the listener, what what how many players do you I, I think it's single A, right? And how many it, players on your roster do you have right now? Single A Division Two, we've got 35 kids that are consistently working out with us every day. And I think we carry around typically around 40, 45 kids here. And which is totally different from anything I've ever been a part of, you know, it is but I'm enjoying it. I, I I really love it. Now listen, we're in a school that's K through twelve, right? So one side of the building is is K through five. Or sorry, yeah, K through five. And then the other side of the building is no K through six, sorry. And then the other side of the building is seven through twelve. So every morning after our mat drills or or plows or agilities, I get me a cup of coffee and I am going to shake hands and fist bump the elementary kids when they're coming down the hall. Because I intend on being here a little bit and I want that joker to know those little boys and little girls come down there to know the high school head coach is over here speaking to me. And so that I love that part of it, man. I get to go over there and see the little ones. I'll go in the lunchrooms and sit down and eat with the with the fifth graders. And and that's and I don't have to drive across town to our elementary school to go do that. And I think this is a huge advantage for us. Yeah, that's that's very cool. Yes, I'm at a private Christian school, so it's the same. Yeah, you know, I love it, man. It's it's it, yeah. I mean, you and and honestly, it's it's a great situation. And I mean, of course, it can be a bad situation too. But you know, it really you can really get on your players about. Listen, these kids are watching you every 100%. day. Hundred percent. You know, we do that anyway. When I was coaching those schools with two thousand kids in it, but you, you still they, we we still came to the elementary schools. But it was such it was it was it was the task, man, to get all our kids spread out to all the elementary schools. Here, I'm gonna take our boys and walk them across the through the cafeteria into the other part of the building, and we're gonna go be a, in a part of those little kids' lives every day. And I think that builds that community. We always thought, coach, something I should have mentioned earlier, but when you know school systems, when you're spread out, you have two or three elementary schools, middle school, or a couple middle schools and high school. I think one of the most important things to do is to build that vertical relationship from the kindergarten to the high school, and this that makes it a lot easier to place like this. Where they're we're all in the same dead gum building, but you sure as heck if you're in a well, like even at the, at Pelham, we had two elementary schools and a middle school. We're going to build that vertical relationship. I want the kindergartners at our games. We would we would do something once a year for the two elementary schools. It would be Pelham Oaks night one night and be Pelham Ridge night the next, and we would take our players to the school and we give out a free ticket to every kid in the school. The the only kicker was a parent had to or an adult had to be with. Them. Well, you always got a good turnout that night. But I wanted those kids at that game, and it's usually going to be a game that we're not we're not going to be really playing anybody that we somebody that we we had a chance to beat. We felt pretty good about, and I wanted those kids there. And and if you got a program with youth kids, if they come to your games, they got their youth jersey on. Let them in free, man. Get them there to your games. Start building that community from the from the little bitty ones all the way up through the big boys. Yeah, I think that stuff really, really matters because I know me, I'm 44 years old. I grew up going to Virginia Tech football games, and we were huge Virginia Tech fans. And you know what? It's still part of my heart. I tell people that. Like, it's still part of my heart. And, you know, I don't care as much as I used to, but it's the same thing. Like, what you're trying to do is create – 
you know, they call it branding, but you're just trying to attach that elementary student to the Miller County football, high school football. So he grows up. He don't want to go anywhere else because he's been dreaming about playing for Miller County. There you go. He wants to be a pirate, man. That's right. And, and that's, that's part of keeping your kids home as well in this new age that, that we're in where they can move anywhere and will move anywhere. And, who knows That's what high school football is going to look like 10, 15 years from now with NIL and who knows how that's going to be manipulated and, yep. and used. But so coach, as we end, it's been great talking to you. I always like to ask this, like, what are, what are kind of two creeds you live by? Like, I mean, for me, it's, it's demand excellence. Take ownership is one of them. Win the day, like the coach at the coach at Coffee County. He said, "Crawl." The coach the other day that I interviewed from Cedartown, his was mindset. What What is something that you use that that kind of has a lot of meaning for you? There, there's two things. There's two things. Number one is TCB. Okay, there's three questions that I have to answer yes to if we're going to be in any kind of relationship where we're going to work together. If I'm going to go into business with you, Coach, and this is the things I'm going to ask myself of you. Number one, T, can I trust you? If I can't trust you, we're done right there. Yeah. Number two, com- are you committed to the same things I am? All right, so do, do I trust you? Yes. Are you committed to the same things I am? Are we committed to the same concepts and ideas? And three, do you believe the same things that I believe? If those three things are yes, then we're going to have a heck of a relationship. I don't care if we're selling rocks on the side of the road. We're going to sell a heck out of some rocks because we have those same value, values and ideas. And then the other thing would be there's I've used this my entire career and I absolutely love it. But it's, it's there's only two things that I've seen in other places. The only two things that you control on this planet are your attitude and your effort. When those kids walk through the door. They have no control over what workout we're going to do today, what the classroom teachers got planned for today, what your opponents, the officials, the weather. You have no control over that. The only thing you have control over each and every day is your attitude, your effort. That goes towards your faith, your family, your football, your fun, whatever it is, man. You you, you control that. So I don't want to hear about it. You you bring that every day. And, and, and those are the things that we've kind of built our programs on over the years. Is TCB, trust, commit, and believe that we have those same yeses and then attitude and effort. That's the only things you control. Well, that is very good, Coach. And, you know, I'm sitting here thinking as you talk, I love TCB. I've never heard that before, but I love it. I stole that from Coach Lou Holtz, man. I, when he, he, had, he had written a book back 100 years ago, and I got my hands on it when I was probably in high school and I read that, and I thought, man, that is unbelievable. And I've kind of I've kind of done my whole life that way with that thing. Just can I trust you? Are we committed to the same things? And do you believe the same things I believe? Those things are yes. We're in it. You better watch your back if one of them's no, buddy. <laughs> no, you're you're a hundred percent right. Like I'm sitting there thinking, well, I can I'm the type of person I probably trust people too easily, but the C and the B would really help me out to know whether I should trust right. them. Cause if they're not committed to the same things I am, I can't trust yep. them. And if they don't believe nope. the same things I believe, I can't trust them. Nope. And I tell our players that listen, man, if I can't trust you, if I if I can't walk away, tell you to do something, walk away and you not do it, you can't be on this team. Cause I can't trust you. If I can't trust you with the simple things, how am I going to put my job in your hands? Mm, I, I tell you, to, I, I tell you to sweep the locker room floor, and I come back and it's not swept. 
I'm not putting you in the game on fourth and four and we got to have a first down. That ain't happening, brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. Well, uh, Coach, man, it's been awesome. It's been a pleasure yeah, talking with you. And so I always like to pray for the coach as we head out. Absolutely. Lord, we're coming for you today. I just want to praise and thank you for loving us. Lord, just praise and thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Lord, I praise and thank you for coaches like Coach Causey and everything that, that you have done in his life and how you have used him to impact the lives, not just of the football players, but the coaches who have coached with him and the p- people in the community. Lord, and I just pray that you would bless him and, and his wife and as they go down to Miller County, that you would just continue to use him to advance your kingdom and that people would be receptive. And Lord, that you can just continue to raise up more coaches like Coach Causey, people who have a passion to coach football for your glory. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Coach, appreciate it, man. Yeah, Yeah, man. Thank you.